0: Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Merry Christmas. Oh, You guys seem to enjoy that so much. How about one more time? Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm so glad you guys are here. I know it doesn't feel like Christmas outside. It feels like we missed winter and it's gone to spring. I don't know what happened, but I'm sure there'll be some snow at some point this winter. But I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, If you're a guest here, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Assembly, and we are so blessed that you've joined us for our Christmas worship experience. Um, We're going to have a wonderful time. I've got one housekeeping matter that I want to address this morning. And I just want to say thank you to our church for doing such an amazing job this December in touching and reaching our community. Um, we have done a lot of things. Caroling, bell ringing, Dickens downtown. Uh, we served uh, We served at the food pantry and traded treasures. Last week we did the live nativity. And we fed the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's no small feat on its own. Um, and I especially want to thank those who participated last week. Were our kids not amazing last week? And and look, the numbers weren't 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 huge for the for parking lot. A lot of people were celebrating Christmas early last year. I heard a lot of people tell me that this last week. But I had two pieces of correspondence from two people who were mightily touched during that. Um, and I just want to remind you, Church, this that I know sometimes we can get caught up when, well, what's how big are the numbers? But if one life gets touched, it's worth it in the kingdom because God died for just you. He would have died for just you. And so let's remember that this Christmas season. Every life matters. Amen? Well, let's pray, and then we'll start our Christmas service. Lord, we thank you so much to be able to gather together today. Lord, to celebrate your birth. And Lord, I pray that the hearts in this place are ready to be encouraged this morning that every one of us would walk away with something. Lord, you are amazing, and we thank you for all the incredible things that you do in our life. And Lord, we invite you here that we may worship you in spirit and in truth, through song and praise, through the preaching of your word, through illustrations today, that Lord, you would have your way in this place. We give you praise, glory, and honor, and God's people said, Amen. Well, every year for Christmas as a lead pastor, you, you get into this mode where you're like, Okay, you, you want something a little bit different, right? You don't want to do the same thing every Christmas season. You wanna make every Christmas season special. And as we went into this year, I was praying, I was like, Lord, I need a direction, a theme, an idea to, to really to start start working towards what we wanna do this Christmas season. And my wife started listening to Christmas music very early. It may have been August, I think, when Christmas music started playing in our house. So, yeah, it doesn't feel like Christmas because it's been Christmas in our house since August. Um, But she sent me a song called Make Room. And I just, it resonated with me as I thought about it. Are we making room for Christ in our life? This Christmas season, and so today, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the Christmas story and see how all these different characters in the Christmas story made room for Jesus, and what did it take to make room? Maybe some of the uh, some of the hardships that go through our life when we need to make room for Jesus, but we're going to get there today. And so, to start our service off this morning. Uh, we'd like to, to play this song for you, Make Room.
1: A family hiding from the storm Found no place at the keeper's door It was for this a child was born To save a world so cold and hollow
2: A sleeping town they did not know
3: Is there room in your heart? Is there
4: Precious in His sight God has come to raise the lowly Is there room in your heart
3: is for
5: He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people.
1: your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hands? Did Did you know know that that your baby boy has walked where angels tried?
4: There was a young man. He loved God. He was faithful to God's law and obeyed the word of God. Nearby lived a young woman. She had found favor with God. Because she was not yet married, she did what she knew was right, and she saved herself and was still a virgin. She praised God and she was humble. These two young people were engaged, as they were pledged to be married soon but little did Joseph and Mary know that they were making room for God. They were making room for God with the way that they lived their lives. You see, these two faithful, obedient, respectful, and humble young adults were chosen by God to raise the Savior of mankind. But they had no idea that they were called to this yet. Joseph and Mary did not know that they were going to have the most important parenting role ever, but they were unknowingly preparing. In the gospels of Matthew and Luke, we learn several key aspects about their character and how they were preparing their hearts for God. Joseph is characterized as being faithful to the law of God. And when the angel visited Mary, Mary um, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, You have found favor in God. When the angel had finished telling Mary about the plan and how she would give birth to a savior, she asked, How will this be, since I am a virgin? Realize here that this detail was crucial in Christ's birth. Because Mary was a virgin, it was a sure sign that this baby Jesus did not come from man but rather from God. And because Mary did what was right before marriage, she made herself available to be used by God. She made room. Later on, Mary exclaims, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From this quote by Mary and her continued prayer, we can see that Mary truly praised God and understood her humble state, not seeing herself as great. Mary had a heart that was making room for God, and soon, a little baby king. When Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant before marriage, he decided that he was going to end the marriage quietly. Soon, an angel told him that he could marry her because the baby was from God. But Joseph in this moment showed that he had great love and mercy to a woman who he thought had betrayed him in the worst way imaginable. The new couple, as we see, had made room for God to fill with his magnificent plan. But even once they understood God's plan, they had to continue to make room for him. This took a lot of submission to God's will and instruction. When Mary finished hearing of God's plan, she responded to the angel with, "I." and the lord's servant may your word to me be fulfilled. Joseph and Mary were each told separately by an angel that they were to name the coming baby Jesus. They gave God control of every single aspect, even the baby's name. As small as this might seem to you right now, they didn't make it about their will, but instead they followed God. And who knows? Were they a little bit sad that they didn't get to name their first child? Maybe not, because Jesus is a pretty perfect name. Joseph married a woman who was already pregnant. And whether or not this was strange to him, he still had to wait to start his own family that would be be able to carry on his family name, his family legacy, his fortune, his possessions. And so once Joseph and Mary were married, they had to travel a long distance to go to Bethlehem. Mary was about to give birth, as we know, and she was probably in a whole lot of pain. And when the time came for the baby to finally be born, they weren't comfortable by any means. Sitting next to the manger as their newborn baby slept, they were probably cold, uncomfortable, exhausted, and sick of the smell. Joseph and Mary displayed incredible unselfishness. And maybe more than anything else, that's how they made room for God. And the couple continued to make room for Jesus as they raised him in a godly way. This started when they took Jesus to Jerusalem and did everything required by the law of the Lord. Because of Joseph and Mary's sacrifice and the way that they followed God and raised their child, we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, that the child grew and became strong. And he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him.
1: Join with us as we sing the song, Angels from the Realms of Glory. (laughs)
6: Oh, <laughs>
7: Today, I'm going to be talking about the shepherds and the angels. Who am I kidding? I need my glasses. Hold on. Look at that. During Children's Church, we have been discussing how God chose the shepherds in the fields to share the good news with and how the shepherds represent all of us, being everyday, ordinary people who were someone special to God, just as you are, and holding one of the hardest non-glamorous dirty jobs there was at that time the angels told the shepherds you are precious in his sight God has come to raise you the lowly in the Webster's dictionary lowly means low in status importance and they are humble was there room in the shepherd's hearts we all focus on the angels coming down appearing and sharing the good news but how many of us would have stood right there in amazement of the angels, the lights, and the idea of being the chosen group to get the first baby announcement for the world? It is stated in Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 20, the following. When the angels had returned to the heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They chose to listen. They heard the important announcement. They chose to act on God's message. They put aside any personal needs or questions, and traveling long distance to see the baby, remember, there was nothing to help them get there but their feet. And remember, they had already put in a long day of work. I know many of us would wait, get a good night's sleep, and then take off the next morning, but they left immediately. In verse 16, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After spending time in awe of this precious gift the baby from God, I wonder if the shepherds knew that night that this small infant would be their shepherd and they would be his sheep. Jesus, as our shepherd, both in the brand new baby and as he fulfilled his ultimate purpose, On our behalf. On their way back to the fields, in uh, chapter 2 of Luke, verse 17 through 20, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept these things all in her heart and thought of them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. On their way back to the fields, the shepherds shared the miracle of the Messiah with everyone who wanted to listen and those who didn't. Sharing the gospel with everyone and with the excitement of the new king, people were astonished, meaning they were greatly surprised impressed and amazed by these everyday shepherds after returning to the fields the shepherds continued praising and worshiping so let's recap please the idea of the shepherds making room in their hearts for jesus first some angels appeared second the shepherds listened to the important announcement acted on the information god had sent them found the baby Right where the angels had discovered, said they would discover them, and shared the good news with everyone they met, and then continued praising and worshiping as they went back to work. Yes, the shepherds had made room in their hearts for Jesus and were ready for God to write his story using them. But are we?
1: Join with us again as we sing the song, We Three Kings of Orientar.
8: All my bags are packed, and I'm ready to go. My friends and I have packed our camel van, and it's loaded. And I have with me our maps to guide us, my stargazer app to lead us by the stars, and the scrolls, which contain the ancient writings of the Hebrews, one of which said, a star shall rise from Jacob. And the great prophet Isaiah said, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace." How desperately we need a ruler in this day, the Prince of Peace. We have seen his star in the east, and we are going to seek him and to find him and to worship him. I hope my friends are just about ready. I'm all ready. I hope they remembered the gifts, the gifts for the king, the gifts. I forgot to pack my gift. I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king. This gift, I've got to make room in my bag for the gift. My friends and I need to be going because we are going to find him who is born king of the Jews, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I've got to be going. I've got to make room in my baggage. I've got to make room for the king.
9: Listen, if I'd known then what I know now, there would have been room in my inn. Oh, hey, I would have given up my own bed. But I didn't know. How could I know, right? Bethlehem was so full of people. I mean, the government, they, they, you know, made everybody in the world go back to the hometown and register. You know, government has to have the money. Since nobody wants to stay with their in-laws, I'm full. I remember that day. We, um... We were full before dinner time, and now it's two, three hours after dinner when they show up. Talk about desperate. He, he was exhausted and scared, and she, oh, she was about to burst. And as they're approaching my place, I'm thinking in my head, I know what I'll say to them. I'll say, I'm sorry, we don't have room. But by the time they get there, They just stand for a minute, gather their thoughts. He looks down, he's thinking. I notice she winces ever so slightly in pain. And he looks at me and he says, please. That's all he said, please. Let me tell you a story. I'm five years old, right? I'm helping my mother set the table. I notice that she has one too many plates, so I say to her, Ma, you got one too many plates. You know, and she says back to me, you never know who may show up. I look at her like, what? She walks over to me. She says, you never know who God may bring your way. You always make room. <laughs> so, I look back at the couple, and I say to them, I don't know where we'll put you, but we'll make room for you. And we did. It wasn't the nicest room, but it's all I had to give them. Mom was right. You always make room.
0: There's an inconvenient truth about making room for Jesus. It's inconvenient. It's inconvenient to make room for Jesus. For Mary and Jesus, or for Mary and Joseph, it was inconvenient for Mary to have a child so young. Inconvenient for Joseph to marry someone who was already pregnant. It was inconvenient to travel when nine months pregnant. And it's inconvenient to give birth to a baby in a stable. But they made room. For the shepherds, it was inconvenient. Their job was watching the sheep, and here they are watching the sheep at night when, they're, when they have this amazing experience with these angels. And they're like, hey, we should go and check this out. But it's inconvenience. We've rather got to leave the sheep where they are and the chance that they might get eaten by wolves, bears, lions, tigers, all these other things that might happen, or we've got to travel with all these sheep to Bethlehem. And look, we only had one sheep last week at our live nativity, and that thing was very annoying every time that Jeb came out of the treehouse. That sheep had to let his thoughts be heard. That's one now hundreds walking downtown Bethlehem as people are trying to sleep and, 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 and just do the things. And here's all these sheep making noise. It's inconvenience, But they went. They made room for Jesus. What about these wise men, the magi? Some of you might later today be traveling to relatives, or some of you have traveled and you're here now to spend the Christmas season with relatives, and that's great. And chances are you jumped in the car. That GPS told you exactly how long it would take you to get from point A to point B. But these wise men didn't have that. Well, we're going to follow a star. I'm sure some of their wives were, how long are you going to be gone? I don't know. Where are you going? We really don't know. Whenever the star stops, we'll stop. (laughs) Could be gone for, for a few hours. Could be gone for several days. Maybe a week, a month, three months. Who knows? It's inconvenient. It was inconvenient for them to, to, to put this thing together and to spend their resources and to go on this mission to a place they did not know where they were going, where they would stop, how long they would be. All inconvenient. But they made room for Jesus. It's inconvenient to make room for Jesus. But can I tell you that it's well worth it? It's well worth it to make room for the Savior. Can you just do something with me this morning? Would you close your eyes? I want to tell you a story, and and I just want you to visualize it. Imagine us traveling through space and time, and we are going to a major city. Maybe it's New York or Boston or Chicago. And we find ourselves in an apartment complex, a 10-story high apartment complex. And we'll start on the 10th floor. It's, it's, it's maybe a day or two before Christmas or maybe even Christmas Eve itself. And everyone in this apartment complex needs to go somewhere. They're traveling to do something. And on, on the 10th floor, the elevator opens and in steps in a well-dressed man in a suit and tie who is somewhat nervous because in his pocket is an engagement ring. And later that day, he will be asking his girlfriend to become his fiance. On the ninth floor, as the elevator goes down, we see a woman in her 20s, mid to late 20s. She's got a suitcase. She's so excited. She's got sunglasses. She's rolling her suitcase into the elevator because she has been saving up for three years to go on a special Christmas holiday vacation with her three single friends to somewhere warm in the Caribbean. And she is excited about this trip. The next floor down, we see a family of four as they're all trying to get into the elevator with the gifts that they're taking to Grandma's house and all the things that they need. And there's the stroller in the corner. It's starting to get a little tight down a few more down a few more levels. We see uh, a husband and wife, and she's pregnant, and they're, they're getting in, and they're taking food to somebody else's house to celebrate the holidays. And so they're trying to juggle all this food and not lose the cookies on the floor while bumping into the single guy who's got the ring in his pocket. He's trying not to lose it. The lady's thinking about her vacation. She accidentally hits the buttons. They're stopping at floors they didn't even plan to stop on. It's getting crazy. And then they stop again, and oh, there's a family, and they've got six kids, and Now they're all getting into this elevator together and they're going down, but before they reach the bottom and they can leave their apartment and go on their way, there is one more stop to make. And as the elevator door opens, there is a single man smiling, excited for the moment to step on the elevator with all these individuals and all their craziness going on. But unfortunately, they all turn to him and say, we're sorry, there's no more room. You'll have to take the next one. We don't have room for you with us. The elevator door closes. The man is somewhat saddened. His huge smile just kind of turns to a face that's blank. And Jesus is left standing on the second floor while all these people go about their way. Is there a room for Jesus in your life? For a majority of you, you attend church here at Hillside Assembly. And, and there's just something special that is happening here. And, and sometimes when we're in the middle of it, we, we lose track of how special it is. We've had quite a few missionaries this last year come to our church, and everyone that Pam and I have talked to, have said to us, do you realize how special your church is, how special the people are, how special the presence of God is in your church? We we don't experience this in a lot of the places we go. And sometimes we're in the middle of it. We we forget how special the presence of God and the presence of each other are and the great things that God is doing in our life. I'm not saying this morning that we all don't have a relationship with Jesus. I think a lot of us do, but I think in the busyness of of certain seasons, we treat Jesus like an accessory, like a piece of jewelry. But can I tell you, He is not an accessory to be worn. He is the ballroom gown. He is the three-piece suit, and everything else in our life must match Him. He is the thing that we cannot forget. He is the one we cannot forget to put on every single day because I'd hate for you to show up to your Christmas party naked. That would be horrible. <laughs> let's be let's wear Jesus where we're going. Let's put on the suit of Christ. Let's put on the ballroom gown of Jesus, and let's accessorize our life after we put Jesus on first. Amen? I realize there might be some here that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. That maybe you've heard the Christmas story, you've heard the scriptures before, and it just has not sunk in. And you're maybe the question to be asking is why? Why make room for Jesus? And I want to share with you as we wrap this up an illustration from generations ago, long before any of us were even a thought in this room. And it takes place over in England many, many generations ago. Is it okay if I share this story with you? And we'll, we'll wrap up the Christmas service. Maybe even close your eyes to visualize this, this story. There was a school with a class of students that no teacher had been able to handle. Two or three teachers had been run off from this school in one year. These were definitely unruly students. A young man just out of college heard about this class and applied for the job at the school. The principal asked the young man, do you know what you're asking for? No one else has been able to handle these students, and you're just asking for a terrible beating. A few moments of silent prayer, the young man then looked up at the principal and said, sir, With your consent, I accept the challenge. Just give me a trial basis. The next morning, the young man stood before the class and he said to the class, Young people, I came here today to conduct school, but I realize I can't do it by myself. I must have your help. One big boy, they called Big Tom, was sitting in the back of the room and whispered to some of his friends, I don't think I'll even need any help. I think I can. Lick this teacher all by myself. The young t- teacher told the class that if they were to have school, they would have to have some rules to go by. But he also added that he would allow the students to make up the rules, and he would list them on the chalkboard. This was certainly different than anything that the students had been through before or experienced before. One young man suggested, "Well, no stealing would be a good rule." And he wrote it on the board. Another one shouted, let's be on time for class. I'm sure his other students didn't like that idea, but they wrote it on the board just the same. Pretty soon they had 10 rules listed on the board. The teacher then asked the class what the punishment should be for breaking these rules. The rules are no good unless unless they are enforced, he said. Someone in the class suggested that if the rules were broken, They should receive 10 licks with a rod across their back with their coats off. Obviously, this did not happen anywhere in our lifetime. The teacher thought that this was a very harsh punishment, so he asked the class if they would stand by this punishment. And for some strange reason, the class agreed. Everything went along pretty good for the next two or three days. But then Big Tom came in one day very upset. He declared that someone had stolen his lunch, and after talking with the students, they came to the conclusion that it was little Timmy who had stolen Big Tom's lunch. Someone had seen Timmy with the lunch outside of the classroom. The teacher called little Timmy up to the front of the classroom, and little Timmy did admit that he had taken Big Tom's lunch. So the teacher asked him, do you know the punishment? Little Tim nodded that he did. You must remove your coat, the teacher instructed. This little fellow had come with a great big coat on that day. Little Timmy said to the teacher, I am guilty and I am willing to take my punishment, but please don't make me take off my coat. The teacher reminded Timmy of the rules and the punishment and again told him he must remove his coat. And take the punishment like a man. This little student started to unbutton his coat that day. And as he did so, the teacher saw I did not have a shirt on under his coat. And even worse, he saw a frail and bony frame hidden beneath the coat. The teacher asked Timmy why he had come to school without a shirt on. And Timmy replied, my dad, da, my dad died last year and my mother is very poor. I have only one shirt to wear to class and my mom is washing it today. I wore my big brother's coat so that I might keep warm. That young teacher stood and looked at the frail back with his spine protruding against the skin and his ribs sticking out. He wondered how in the world he could lay a rod on the on the back of this little child, and even or, or without his shirt on, still he knew he must enforce the punishment. For the child would not, because the other children would not obey the rules, so he drew back to strike little Timmy. And just then, Big Tom stood up in the back of the room, and he asked, "Is there anything that says I can't take the punishment for Timmy?" because I would be willing to take his whipping today. The teacher thought about it and agreed, and with that, Big Tom ripped off his coat and stood over Timmy at the desk. The teacher he hesitated for a moment, and then began to lay the rod on the back of Big Tom. But for some strange reason, after only five licks, that rod broke in two. The, t- the young teacher buried his face in his hands and began to sob. And he heard a commotion and looked up, and there was not a dry eye in the classroom. Little Timmy had turned and grabbed Big Tom around the neck and begged for forgiveness and apologized to him for stealing his lunch. He begged Tom to forgive him. He told Big Tom, that he would love him until the day that he died for taking his whipping for him. It is likewise that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, took our whipping for us. He shed his precious blood on Calvary so that you and I can have eternal life and glory with him. We are unworthy of the price he paid for us. But that's how good a God we have. Why make room for Jesus? The simplest way I can tell you is because he made room for you. It was inconvenient for God's only son to come and live among us. But he gladly volunteered for the job. Because he loves you that much. This morning in this place, maybe there is someone and you do not have a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity to accept Christ into your life. You do not have to walk out of here alone. You do not have to walk out of here embarrassed. And I'm going to tell you, if you are like little Timmy and you don't have a shirt and you don't have food, you don't have to walk out of this place hungry today, both spiritually and physically. Because Jesus loves you and so does this church. If you're here this morning and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you pray with me? Lord, I am a sinner. I am not perfect. My life is broken. There's so many things in my life that seem to spin out of control. I need a Savior. I need someone else to come into my life and drive the car to where we need to go. Jesus... I believe this morning that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you lived, that you died, and that you rose again. And that this morning you are calling me into a relationship with you. Would you come into my life? Would you save me? And would you begin to guide me in how to follow you? In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, Amen, Amen you prayed that this morning would you please find me or one of our other staff after church and just just tell them we will not embarrass you but tell us you made that decision to follow Jesus if you're online watching please put it put it in the in the post we want to know we'll reach out to you follow up we just want to celebrate with you for making that decision for the rest of us here this morning let's remember as we go through the holiday season and into next year that we need to always make room for Jesus. Let's not forget. Let's not make it be so common that we forget how good our God is, how much He loves us, and that we want to make sure we put the Jesus gown, the Jesus suit on every day, and we accessorize our life around Him. Amen? As we get ready to leave today, would you, uh, would you allow us to play that song, Make Room, one last time, and then Adrian will come, pray over our offering, and dismiss us.
1: A family hiding from the store Found no place at the keeper's door It was for this the child was born Save a world so cold and hollow
4: offering. We have a giving box uh, right outside in the foyer, so you can do that on your way out, but let's pray to bless that offering. Dear Jesus, thank you that we are able to join here and celebrate your birth and all that came with you giving the best gift ever. Uh, I pray that you would take what we're giving, God, and that you would use it for your glory and for your will. Um, Thank you for blessing us with all that we have and all the gifts you've given us, and I pray that we would now joyfully give back to you, God, that you would use it in powerful ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy that each of you were able to come and remember the amazing story that God wrote. Um, But remember, that's not where the story ends. And so if you don't have a church home, you're welcome here. We meet at 10 o'clock. We have service also at nine o'clock not quite yet but once we get into the new year we're going to have grow groups and so we'd love for you to join us next sunday if you're available 10 o'clock we'd love to have you here um but i'd like to finish by letting you all know merry christmas <laughs>
1: your baby boy would come a storm with his hand Did, Did you know, know that your baby